Hello, Howlers, and welcome to another episode of Men With Fear. I am Kingpin Chaos, a.k.a. Chipsella, and joining me once again this week is the one, the only, the amazing, the astonishing Agent Andy Antman Urquhart. How are you doing, Agent? I'm doing well, yes, doing well. Keeping busy. Very good. We we uh had we had a three day weekend here for the Fourth of July. Oh, nice. Uh, did did you, did you have a good day? Fireworks. Um, Any fireworks. I, I actually did not see. I I lit off some fireworks. Yeah. I was put in charge of uh help teaching my nephews how to blow shit up. <laughs> nice. But uh, other than that, no, we didn't. We we were at a concert when the town I live in has their fireworks. I went and saw the Hollywood Vampires this weekend, and uh, when we were at my mother's place at the beach, we just left early. It was like we don't want to stick around till nine, ten o'clock and deal with traffic, so we came home. But uh, yeah, you know, it was it was a nice weekend. Uh, the Hollywood Vampires were awesome. That is the band that is Joe Perry from Aerosmith, Alice Cooper, and Johnny Depp. Nice. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I take I take it they've got some of their own kind of original music, and they do some covers, yeah? Well, basically, they do covers of all of... Uh, the, the, the original Hollywood Vampires was a 1968 drinking group at the Rainbow Room in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. it was Alice Cooper, John Lennon, uh, Keith Moon, John Bonham, Jimi Hendrix. Um, I think Lemmy was part of it. So what the Hollywood Vampires is, as uh, Alice puts it, is he's doing covers of all his dead drunk friends' songs. <laughs> So, you know, they did the Ace of Spades from Motorhead. They did um, Manic Depression. Oh, Jim Morrison was part of the Hollywood Vampires. They did Five Mm -hmm. to One and Break On Through. And Alice does an 
awesome version of Jim Morrison. Or he, he mm. really did a great job with the Doors tunes. Um, whole lot of love. So nice. Yeah, you know, it was a fun show. And uh, they have like. And, uh, I, go ahead. It was Johnny Depp. He was there. <laughs> he just kind of is in the. He's just part of the band, basically, isn't he? He's not like. He doesn't, doesn't really sing or anything, does he? No, they they shut his mic off because he was, as I said on B Team last night, he was about as intelligible as an episode of the Osbournes. <laughs> I mean, you can understand. I mean, he said a couple. <laughs> he tripped over an amplifier. He seemed kind of lost on stage. And mm-hmm. I'm questioning whether his guitar was plugged in the entire time. <laughs> he, he he can play guitar. I don't I know he could definitely play guitar or that, but he's he's obviously not that's not him and his element. Supposedly he came to LA as a as a musician. Yeah, but I mean that's what, thirty years ago now? <laughs> and like <laughs> You know, um, he just seemed he seemed a bit lost up on stage. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, he didn't ruin the show. I'm not sure he added anything to it. Mm. But uh, seeing Alice and Joe Perry and uh, the band was pretty tight. They did a great job. Yeah. Thanks. You had Matt Swarren on drums from Guns N' Roses. Oh, cool. Um, He's a good drummer. Yeah. So, so it was, it was a fun show. But guess we should get into some uh, Marvel news here. Yes. Okay. Looks like you uh, put a few stories here for me. Oh, first of all, programming note. Apparently, last week's episode did not upload... Uh, through our usual means that Andy and I do this stuff by. So uh, we are hoping... So both episodes should be going up this week. So Yes, they will. This will be the second. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the other one is uploading as we speak, Andy. Cool. Okay. Good stuff. So, all right, let's get into some uh, Marvel news here. I see we you have a few stories here. Yeah, so one or two news stories, and I, I've got a few more than that as well that I, I came across earlier on today as well. Um, first of all, Agents of Shield news. Um, Agents of Shield season four is casting a very attractive robot and a pair of dangerous brothers. I heard this. So the very attractive robot is obviously going to be Ida, mm-hmm. or Jocasta, but or, or Jocasta, yep, as we've we've speculated on. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> it's it's good that they're casting someone as or mm-hmm. I assume this is a a full role if they're saying it's a very attractive one rather than just like a voice. So, yep, cool with that. It was going to be interesting to see how they. What she's like in comparison to say like Ultron and the Vision, for example. Um, and yep. Well, I mean, if it depends on what you go with. If you go with what uh, I think I can't remember which source it was, but they're saying that 
if uh, Ada and the Doctor could be something from the Squadron Supreme storylines as well. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And uh, yeah, the two dangerous brothers that they're casting is a is a pair of Latino brothers. One of whom is always the most dangerous person in the room, and the other is paralyzed in a wheelchair. Right, and this brought uh, rumors or brought back the rumor that Ghost Rider is coming to Marvel's Agents of Shield because I guess the Marvel Now version of Ghost Rider. I didn't even know there was a Marvel Now version of Ghost Rider. Mm. Uh, uh, was a Latino and his brother was in a wheelchair yep apparently so I did not know this (laughs) but yeah um, the characters from uh, the Marvel Now series the Ghost Rider series are Robbie and Gabe Reyes okay so it's uh, Robbie uh, gains the uh, powers of the spirit of vengeance but he's still, he's still very close with his disabled brother, uh, Gabe. So see what happens. Um, yeah, cool. I'm all down for them having like this version of Ghost Rider. It'd be kind of a breath of fresh air from the Nick Cage version of Ghost Rider. Yeah. Well, we don't know. See what happens. I mean, like it definitely like that casting definitely sounds like these two. Could be. And, I mean, they could set them up as, like, sort of early season villains. I suppose. I just, I mean, I just don't see Ghost Rider as part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Or as a villain no. for S.H.I.E.L.D., but... No, but, I mean, it could be some... Well, I mean, it may only be, like, one episode, you know? You know, like what they did with Xena's mum. They'll, they'll, they'll bring him in season four, episode one. They'll deal with him, and they'll go away. You'll not see them again. Could be. Which would be a waste, but okay. Yeah. Um, aside from that, there are going to be panels at uh, San, Diego Co- San Diego Comic-Con for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Luke Cage. We assume they're going to show the first episode of Luke Cage. Yeah, that's a safe assumption. Yeah. Oh. Uh, there's also going to be a Marvel Animation panel there as well. Okay. Um, well, we announced last week I am going to Comic-Con, so hopefully... Uh, we will be scouring the panels there to see what we can get into and hopefully not get screwed out of this time. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, so other news we have. Uh, did you see this little uh, a bit of uh, buzz was going around this week about Anna Kendrick playing a squirrel girl? Yeah. She she apparently wants to play Squirrel Girl. <laughs> like, okay, sure. <laughs> I don't I don't know if we necessarily see Squirrel Girl. I, we uh, do we, not we need a, we do not need a real life Squirrel Girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where does that fit into this universe? Like, I don't think it fits. I mean, if they want to do it, cool. But maybe Guardians, maybe. But I don't think it fits anywhere else. Damage control. Yeah, I mean, that's supposedly been kind of half-shelved for now. Good. <laughs> I'm so, I, I have just not been a... I just think it's a dumb idea. I've said it's a dumb idea all along. Mm. So, 
and yeah, people did a lot of fan art with with uh, Anna Kendrick as Squirrel Girl, which is very strange. <laughs> but I mean, it could happen. <laughs> I I hope not. But dumber things have happened. Guaranteed, mm. you know, ne- next season we get the Squirrel Girl sitcom. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I will do a podcast on that one, Andy. I may just object to that one entirely. <laughs> There's just, it's going to oh, be, uh, it's going to be no. I, I think we have to draw a line in the sand somewhere. And the Squirrel mm. Girl sitcom may be that line. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see when it comes around. We need something to talk about in the summer. <laughs> we'll see. I don't think. We'll, I honestly don't think we'll do it. Um, Doctor Strange is getting a preload comic, much like the <laughs> all of the other movies. It looks okay, but I mean these comics are really fluff. Like I, you've read yeah. a few of these kind yeah. of preload comics. Eh? They're fluff. Absolute yeah. fluff. Yeah, they're they're not very they're not good, good. They're not good comics, and they're no, they're not good comics in their own right, and they're not good like as setups for the movies either. They are like essentially shameless movie tie-in comics, and they really should stop doing these. Stop wasting the <laughs> time with them. Yeah, I'm not a fan because I mean, they, technically they are canon, but nobody really considers them as canon. Nobody really cares. No, nobody cares. Like. And it's because of the quality of them is poor, like from the artwork to the stories, like they're they're very limited in what they can do because of mm. like what's going on and all the other bits of the MCU. They can only use specific characters and whatnot. So yeah, you can imagine it's hard to write those stories, but they they aren't good stories. No. All right. So um, what else we got? Ed. Apparently, uh, James Gunn's been talking this week about uh, San Diego Comic-Con a little bit, Mm -hmm. and they might be showing some footage from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 at Comic-Con. I think they need to. I think they do. I mean, if, if if they have some stuff, I think you need to get... I mean, it, the movie already has a lot of hype, and everybody's there's a lot mm. of people looking forward to it, us included. But um, I, I, I think it's I, I think it's time to get the hype train moving and uh, get us even more uh, pumped for it. Yep. But yeah, I, I think that a little trailer, maybe, maybe not a sad trailer, because they've got they need to focus on Doctor Strange. And they need to really mm. start pummeling the, the, the press for that one. Because that's that's a tough sell for a lot of people. I think that yeah. movie. Um, I, I don't know if you read about this in the comic books this week. Um, that uh, Riri Williams is going to be taken over from Tony Stark as Iron Man. Who? Riri Williams. Who is Wee Wee Williams? Riri <laughs> but yeah she is taking over as as the Invincible Iron Man oh. in all new Invincible Iron Man number one after Civil War 2 finishes we ne- we're going to make Iron Man a girl too okay 
she's a girl. She's uh, I think she's like a teenager, a uh, fifteen year old. Oh, yeah, Jesus 15 years Christ! Old, and she she is African American with massive hair. And the Which point behind this? Um, diversity, maybe? I don't, I don't know. Tony Stark is Iron Man. Occasionally he has to set aside the armor. Rhodey takes over. Rhodey was, <laughs> was a badass Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's pretty much already Iron Man anyway. He's like another version of Iron Man. So, yeah. It makes sense for him to fill in the role when Tony's sidelined, but... Yeah, I don't really like the way they're going with the comic books right now. It's very weird in all regards. And I'm not against diversity or anything like that before anybody jumps up and down. But yeah, Tony Stark is Iron Man. Just keep his story going. I'm sure there's many stories that they could continue to tell forever about him. Yeah, I... I... Is is it is the Marvel Universe that stale or something? Am I missing something here? Yeah, I mean, I thought they were trying to make the Marvel Universe be more like the comic book. Uh, sorry, more like the uh, the movies. But apparently not. <laughs> I seem to be going very far away from that at this point. I just don't get... I, I mean, I just don't get change for change's sake, I guess, is the problem. Hmm. Yeah, very true. Okay, um... More casting news for uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, this time, Anguri Rice has been announced that she's going to be in the movie. She's a, this is another teenage actress added to the cast. Um, she kind of looks like she could play Gwen Stacy. Cause she's like a, a blonde girl, you know? Okay. But it's, an, it's an unannounced role, so she could either be playing her or she could be playing some random Peter Parker classmate. Yeah, we'll see how this movie turns out. You, you know, <laughs> did the uh, hmm? did the did you see the on set photos? I saw a couple of them. Yeah, he, it really looks like a Halloween costume that he's wearing. Like you, you see it in the Avengers, and you're like, "Wow, that costume looks cool and badass." And then you see it like in this, and you're like, "Hmm, it looks like a costume I could walk into." like a fancy dress store and buy and walk about wearing. <laughs> so I don't know what they've, what they've done or whether or not there's a lot of like post stuff done on it in CG. It's gotta be. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look anywhere near as good as what it looked in Avengers. It, it's it's Especially gotta the be CG. I mean. Yeah. And I know that like obviously when he's swinging about the city and whatnot, it's all CG, but when he's just walking about, like <laughs> they should be able to replicate that. Very yeah. weird. But yeah, it's a massive cast, and I think there is a lot like of of these kind of younger actors and actresses that are just going to be his classmates. Yeah, I, I I totally think that, and you know, this is going to be Marvel nine hundred two one zero. That I mean that that's what it's slowly sounding like it's going to turn into. Hmm. This is going to be the Mar Marvel's Breakfast Club movie. I think they said it could be something to that effect. They were going for yeah. the John... Um, John Williams? Is no, it? no, no, no. John. No, John Williams. John Williams is the, the musician. 
Yeah, the composer. The, yeah, he's the Star for, Wars composer. Yeah, the Breakfast Club guy. Yeah, that the guy. Yeah, yeah, the Breakfast Club guy. Just go with that. <laughs> yeah, um, casting news as well for uh, Iron Fist. Uh, Samir Ali Khan has been has been cast in an unnamed role. He's announced that he's going to be in Iron Fist. Um, now most of the main characters have already been cast, but mm-hmm. he could potentially be playing Davos, the Steel Serpent. Okay. Because he has said that he has to uh, cut his beard, uh, shave his beard off for this role. So. And this guy is uh, a martial artist as well. So. He was. He's previously basically only been in Bollywood films. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen either of these movies, Chip, but ha- Happy New Year or Crush 3? Mm, can't say that I have, Andy. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I've seen very many Bollywood films, to be honest. Not a, a genre that I'm particularly fond of. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he could be playing uh, Davos. He certainly looks like he's got the look once he shaves his beard off. Mm-hmm. I can see it. Okay, um... Last last two news stories that I have here. Um, first of all, speaking of Daredevil, Daredevil season one finally has an official Blu-ray release date. <laughs> so if you've not gone around to watch it, then uh, I suppose you're probably not listening to this. However, <laughs> it's coming out on uh, October the 3rd if you want to own it and shelf it. And there's an awesome, awesome steelbook version of it as well oh yeah which looks incredibly cool like that artwork on the on the front cover of the the uh the steelbook wow that looks amazing yeah i, yeah, I haven't October seen th- pictures but i i do like me some steelbooks hmm. and this one won't be in your uh your phase three box set chip no it won't <laughs> But technically, yeah, I like already cool. own the series because I have a Netflix subscription. Very true, and I, that that's one of the shows that isn't going to go anywhere. No, because you know, you know, Netflix takes stuff away every mm-hmm. so often. Well, the, these the Netflix originals won't ever go away; they'll always be on Netflix. Right. Yeah, they don't have to worry about licensing yeah. issues here. No. Okay, so final um, news story. It's not quite a news story. Uh, this is an article from uh, comicbookmovie.com, which has the uh, the eight most likely villains that will show up in The Defenders. Okay. Which is kind of an interesting one, and I will do this entirely without spoiling anything from, from Daredevil, so do not worry. All right. Okay, so first of all, uh, The Wrecking Crew. Yeah. I, I think it'd be quite cool to see them face off against The Wrecking Crew. Haven't, there's been a few members of the Wrecking Crew already in Sh- uh, Agents of Shield, if I recall. Um, Were the people that uh, they put together at the football stadium, season two. <coughs> mm, oh, the, that screaming guy and whatnot. I don't think that they were. Yeah, well, I thought one of them was the Wrecker. No, it definitely wasn't. Definitely not the record, but yeah, the, the wrecking crew would be cool. Would be cool to see on the big, on or on the small screen. Uh, Ghost Rider. Yeah. But like we said, we 
reckon we'll see a version of him show up in uh, Shield. Um, Mysterio. Mm, I disagree, but okay. I don't think we'll see him. I think we're more likely to see him show up in a Spider-Man movie down the yep. road. Probably, yep. uh, almost certainly not this one. They might tease him in this one, but Mysterio would be a really cool villain to see Spider-Man go up against in a future Spider-Man movie. So they will most likely keep him for that. The um, because I mean, what a cool spectacle would be to see Spider-Man go and have to take down all the Mysterio things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I I prefer. I, you know, I consider that a Spider-Man uh, villain. Mm, yeah, me too. Um, Steel Serpent. Uh, we kind of expect that he'll show up in uh, Iron Fist. Okay, yeah. Um, very, very generically vampires. <laughs> eh, all right. I mean, I don't know about vampires. I don't think we want to see vampires. But, but, but... They could, I mean, they could do it. There's certainly enough darkness and whatnot in in this uh, side of the MCU to do it. It it just doesn't fit. I mean, most of the mystical stuff, Ghost Rider, vampires, that just doesn't fit the vibe of the shows. We'll see. We'll see. I I don't see that one happen. Um, the Kingpin. Yeah. Who obviously, he's he's in jail right now. So. Mm-hmm. But you know the Kingpin. Yes. He's got his fingers in many pies. Number two, the hand. That's very possible. Pretty lame, but I would, possible. I would, I would like to see the hand show up. Yeah, but you need um, you need uh, a lead villain. The hand can be there, but they need uh, they need a badass. Mm, yeah, I do agree. Uh, number one, uh, a real real badass, um, Mephisto. See, once again, too mystical. Too. It's it's not this defenders. If this was the Doctor Strange. Submariner, Silver Surfer, Nighthawk, Valkyrie, Son of Satan defenders, that would work. But this is this is more of an urban based group. Well, bear in mind that Iron Fist is very mystical. Yeah. And how, how how mystical the show ends up being we don't know yet, but there will there's sure to be elements of that in there, so Depend. I think it depends how mystical they go with that as to how likely it is that we can get someone like Mephisto in. Mm. But see, my uh, gripe with that is, yes, while Iron Fist can be a very mystical, uh, have a very mystical approach to it, the rest of them aren't. Mm. You know, I mean, Daredevil is more religious than mystical. Uh, Luke Cage is downright urban. Same mm-hmm. thing with Jessica yep. Jones. Mm. Same thing with Pun- Punisher. I mean, you know, Punisher's, you know, almost uh, a war movie to an extent. Yeah, Punisher goes to war against yeah. criminals. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, yeah. I just don't see Mephisto being 
being the right fit. I don't see I don't see the Ghost Rider. <sighs> Maybe because then you're going to spin him off into his own Netflix series in in Phase Two. You know, maybe that's where they're going with that. So I can see that too slightly, but, uh, you know, it's still a little, it's just a little far-fetched, I guess, is the problem. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think that's about all the news stories that I had for this week. All right. Unless you had anything else? No, I, I I pretty much saw everything that you mentioned, and you had already put it up by the time uh, I thought about it. So, nope, I'm good to go. Cool. Well, we just crack straight into this episode then. Go for it. I'm choking here. So, <laughs> cool. So this is uh, season two, episode four of Marvel's Daredevil, which was called Penny and Dime. This was an interesting episode. So, yeah, it was a really interesting episode, and uh, we'll, we'll get through the bits and pieces as we uh, mm-hmm. we, we go through the e- events of this episode. But yeah, really interesting, and uh, there, there was probably more exposition in this one than in the previous three episodes. Mm-hmm. But they did need to do an episode like this to fill in a lot of like backstory and yep. stuff like that, and get the characters' motivations and things. So. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll go through it here. And um, first of all, we saw the uh, the Irish having a wake for the uh, the fallen guys, the ones that Punisher mm-hmm. killed in the bar. We found out that a guy called Finn, who's come over from Ireland, lost his son as part of this, and uh, the kind of head of the the head of the Irish people that are left is kind of conducting the last rites for these people, and they're having having drinks and whatnot. Uh, he says. Uh, Death is part of the deal, which is the wrong thing to say to someone who's just lost their uh, their child. And this this guy Finn goes a bit crazy and uh, stabs this guy through the eye with uh, it's, it's like an ice crusher thing. Yeah, <laughs> which was incredibly going, holy shit. <laughs> yep. Like okay, this Whoa. is one angry Irishman. Yeah, <laughs> living up to the stereotype. <laughs> Don't piss yeah, um, off the Irish. <laughs> we also found out that the uh, the Punisher stole a million dollars from him and he wants it back. He seems a bit more pissed off about that than he does about his son being dead, though. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> Which is a bit weird, but okay. Well, I suppose he, not the Punisher calls him out on it. it. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, they, the Irish then go knocking heads and shooting elbows to get answers. And they eventually uh, find Punisher's hideout and his dog, but no money. If this guy Finn realizes that he knows who the Punisher is at this point, he's obviously had some dealings with him in the past. And they take the dog and leave. And we do see that the Punisher is watching on and sees all this. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see Karen visiting Matt and tying his tie. And we find out that she used to tie her brother's tie. So we find out that she has a brother and we... It's never been mentioned before, as Matt calls it out on. Oh, and she, she, she points out, you didn't ask. Yeah, very true. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I didn't really know you. 
Uh, so they then go to Grotto's funeral and turns out that Foggy, Matt and Karen are the only people there. No one else is there. However, it is conducted by the uh, the priest that Matt goes to visit from time to time. Mm-hmm. And there's the guy that knows, obviously, that he's Daredevil. And we find out that Grotto used to go to the same church every Sunday as well. And he used to donate <laughs> quite heavily to the church's fund. He used to give them money and uh, watches and all sorts. Whatever he had cobbled together that week. What does the church do, do you think, when they get like a Rolex put in their, their collection plate? Do you think they, they sell it or what do they do with it? I have no idea. I, I bet you it just goes to the priest. The priest is like, oh, that's a nice watch. I'll have that. Can't blame him. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, perks of the job. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, Matt tells the priest about Punisher and he basically tells him that he's uh, looking for forgiveness, but uh, he's looking for forgiveness for not doing more, even though, as he says, he did everything he could. And then you, you see the, the line from the trailer, then why do I still feel guilty? And the priest tells him that guilt is good and they should correct his mistakes and keep going until amends are made and that his work is not yet done. Obviously, because Punisher is still out there. Uh, we see the Punisher kind of stitching up his wounds and that we see that he has this briefcase, which is obviously got the money in it and it's pretty hardcore like just seeing him doing that himself uh, and he's not even flinching really no he's just going yep, I, need, I need to do this i'm doing it he's he's pretty badass the mm-hmm. punisher <laughs> even just like watching him sewing up his wound you're like oh what a badass dude like, cause I, w- I think I would be in tears like doing this if I had to do this. <laughs> ow! Ow! Yeah, um, ow! 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 Yep. <laughs> that that's exactly it. I mean, when I get a scalp, you know, it's like it's an absolute ordeal. <laughs> uh, so Karen shows Matt and Foggy the files that she got from the ADA last week, and basically they kind of discussed that Punisher is a lunatic, as is Karen. Okay. And obviously, he because uh, they they mentioned the fact that he's uh, he's got the hole in his head from being mm. shot in the head at some point. Uh, Daredevil then visits Melvin to see if his new suit's ready, and apparently he's early, but the suit is ready anyway. Um, Mel- Melvin gives him the new suit and also mentions that his old contacts have been showing up asking him for outfits. Uh, however, he turned them away, but he has made his own outfit, which is a little bit of a nod to his uh, comic mm. book character. Yes, Which he is, uh, is gladiator. the gladiator. Yep. I quite like Melvin. Mm. Melvin's cool. I hope he shows up like in costume at some point. Defenders. And yeah, yeah, there's there's highly a high possibility of that. Um, we do see in the background as well, like the stilt man, stilts and mm. whatnot are still there in the background. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, why does he have these still? Like, why did he make them? And why is he not giving them to? The stout man. Well, because he's not work, working with uh, bad guys anymore. Stout man is a ludicrous villain as well. True. <laughs> but I think it's funny that it's just like there's this random pair of stouts in the background. You're like, yeah, okay, I see it. 
Uh, Karen uh, investigates the uh, Punisher files and she finds this guy called George Bach, um, who was, a, I think it was a nurse or an attendant at the hospital when, uh, when Punisher was injured. And he tells her that some, some people in suits visit him in hospital while he was comatose. And they pushed for a DNR, like a, a do not resuscitate. So yeah, uh, they also pulled the plug on him, and he died for about a minute. However, his heart started up again on its own, and he woke up. And when he woke up, he asked George to take him home, like back home, which I, I would assume is probably not allowed. And uh, this is obviously the reason why he got this guy got fired from his uh, job as a, a nurse or attendant. I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah. Uh, George gives Karen the address for uh, Punisher's house. Now, Punisher Meemaw is at the... He's at the carnival, basically. <laughs> and he's watching the uh, the carousel. But when the ride ends, the lights go out and the Irish appear to try and bring him in. Uh, he obviously fights them back but they managed to drug him. Although he does manage to kill a bunch of them. Like, pretty awesome. Because like, he mm -hmm. ends up with like one guy in a headlock pointing the gun at him. And there's like four other guys surrounding him. And he kills them all. Like, manages to spin round and shoot them all. Which is... I was like, wow. That was absolutely badass again. You don't want to screw with the Punisher. Yeah, you really don't. You really don't. It's a um, bad, but, uh, bad so, idea. Yeah, see if I saw him, I think I would just go, oh, I should not be here. <laughs> I'm leaving now. See you later. <laughs> I don't think I would even say anything. Just I would just leave. Um, but yeah, they, some more Irish guys show up, including Finn, and uh, they tase him, managing to bring him down and capture him. Uh, Daredevil then goes to visit Brett, uh, finds out that the Irish put a bounty on Punisher's head and the kitchen is a bit of a war zone right now. Uh, Brett gets a call to go to this carousel and Daredevil heads there, obviously ahead of Brett because he's, <laughs> he's Daredevil, he can get there faster and he finds all the dead Irish guys. However, one of the guys is still alive. We see for one that Daredevil is wearing his new costume, his mm. new helmet and whatnot. Which I think looks much better than the, the previous one. It still makes his head look fat. It looks like he has chipmunk cheeks. A little bit, but I think it's less so. I'd say less so than the, the original one. I think okay. it looks more like comic book Daredevil than the, the, the first one. Yeah. It's a good improvement anyway. They're on the, they're on the right track. They're getting there. But, you know, because I, I was watching the first couple of episodes... And I, is that Matt Murdock or Elvin the Chipmunk? Because, I mean, you know, he just, especially when he was tied up uh, by the Punisher with the chains. Mm. Yep. And he was wriggling around like a chipmunk. <laughs> you know, he, he, just had, he just has these big puffy uh, cheeks. <laughs> Do you know what I think doesn't help it? Is the, uh, see, see how he's got that kind of like black neck bit mm -hmm. like I think it's that that doesn't help it because that accentuates his like his chin more mm -hmm. than if then if he just if, see if it was all red I don't think you would notice it as much 
But anyway, I digress. Like the like I said, the helmet is much better, and obviously it's an uh, indestructible, as Melvin says, or as close to indestructible as you could get. It's not Iron Man's helmet, not quite. Uh, we then see that the Punisher is is a bit tied up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finn and his goons interrogate him, and Finn pops some pills to keep him focused, basically. Uh, Punisher does mention that he's not nervous, and like we said, he does call out Finn because he doesn't seem to care that much about his kid being dead, and that he just wants his money back. Uh, Punisher's like, yeah, I'll tell you where your money is, and waits for him to come in close, and then headbutts him right in the face. It was a nice move. It was. But then, um, so, but now Finn gets pissed. Yeah, Finn gets pissed, grabs a drill, and he drills into Punisher's foot. Oh, oh, I, I was squirming. Most, I was squirming. Yes. In most TV shows, they would show the guy getting the drill, and they would show the the drill at the foot, and then they would cut to the face of the person being drilled, and you would get some blood spatter somewhere. But not Daredevil. Daredevil shows you the drill going right into the foot, and all the blood coming out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. It was not a pleasant scene to watch, no. but it, it just kind of shows you the the tenacity of the, <laughs> this Irish gangster type, and as well, like I mean, the Punisher's clearly in pain, but he's still holding together well. Mm-hmm. Like he is not talking; he's clearly been tortured before at some point, and he knows how to be tortured and not give up his secrets. Um, well, this is going on. Karen has headed over to Punisher's old house, and uh, we see like it says castle in the mailbox and whatnot. And she kind of pokes around using a child's flashlight, which is is there, and she finds uh, a bunch of photos of Frank and his family, as well as like his war medals and whatnot, as well. And it's kind of like you feel kind of sad because he looks so happy in the uh, in the pictures of him and his family and that. And you see him like one of the pictures is at like that carousel. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously why he'd gone there. He's gone there to relive his old memories and whatnot. And something bad has happened in the past that has changed him into the from Frank Castle war hero into the Punisher. Uh, Daredevil, that having got the uh, location of the Irish base, basically uh, where they're holding the Punisher out of the uh, the last surviving Irish at the carousel. He arrives at the Irish base and takes out a bunch of the guys in a tunnel, which was kind of cool because they shot it basically all in silhouette, mm-hmm. so you only saw like shadows, which was which was nice and it was a bit different from the the way they've shot the fights before. I, I did like his use of the the the, the baton in a, in this scene. Yeah, the billy club. Where he's just like, yeah, the billy club. Where he's just like throwing it at a guy, knocking him out, and then it bounces off the wall and comes back to him. Like, ah, oh, you could be Captain America. Well, I think he has some type of magnets in the in the Billy Club. Yeah, yeah, he very possibly does actually. But as well, he does have like the heightened senses and whatnot, so you could kind of like a pull, kind of like a pull shot, just like work out the angles and mm. work out the best way to throw it to have it come back to him. Kind of like what Cap does in mm. in the. In the Captain America movies and obviously comics. Um, meanwhile, 
in the interrogation, Finn threatens to drill the dog, which <laughs> is a bit harsh considering it was originally one of the Irish's dog. Um, this guy doesn't care that his kids have died. He is not going to give no, a shit no. about a dog. No, he's not. Everybody else but, is about to shut off the show. Yeah, but see when he does that, you're like, oh shit! Like you can't, you can't show that. You like can't I mean, they do just show it. You, you can't. No, you, my my wife would not you, watch an episode again. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oh no, don't draw the dog. Don't draw the dog. And uh, yeah, Punisher kind of gives in at this point and tells him that the money is in the van, which is parked at 48th and 10th. So Finn sends a couple of his goons there to go and investigate. And we, uh, whilst they do that, we see that Punisher pulls a razor blade out of his wound. So when we saw him stitching up his wound earlier, what he was really doing was putting a razor blade under his skin. (laughs) You're like... Okay, that's hardcore. Like, yes, it is. Wow. <laughs> so he's been walking about, like, fighting people and stuff with, like, a razor blade under his skin. Wow. This guy Where else is... are you going to put it? Wow. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. So yeah, he, he manages to use this razor blade to uh, cut his bonds. And um, Will Finn's on the phone to his... Uh, his two goons investigate the van. They find the money. And oh, something else. Boom. The van blows up. And Finn is like, oh shit. So he pulls out his gun to shoot Punisher on the head. And Punisher, no, obviously, now he is, uh, he's cut through his bonds. He knocks the gun away just as Finn's about to shoot him. Cuts him in the throat. And then grabs a shotgun. Shoots a bunch of guys, and uh, he asks Finn who killed his family. And Finn just replies, who cares? And so wrong Punisher answer. shoots him right in the face. Yes, absolutely wrong answer. Punisher shoots him right in the face. And they, as well, like, they showed this shotgun shot to the face. You're like, holy shit. They just blew his face off. Clean off. A couple of goons then corner him, and he says he's uh, one one batch, two batch, depending on dime. Rhyme, uh, well, he's kind of shooting at them from behind. Uh, it's a coffin lid, actually, I think it is. Yeah. I think you're and, right. Yeah, I think it was a coffin lid. And Daredevil then gets to him and takes out the two goons who are shooting at him. And, uh, Daredevil and Punisher work together to take out the other goons that arrive. However, Daredevil won't let Punisher kill because he's like about to hammer a guy's face in, and Daredevil just grabs the hammer out of his hand and throws it away. And and Punisher calls him a Boy Scout. Yeah. <laughs> Over at uh, Punisher's house, uh, a van pulls up, which is full of people in suits. This is obviously if the uh, district attorney has found out like who the Punisher is and, and whatnot, they've worked out for themselves. So Karen makes a quick exit. And Daredevil and Punisher manage to escape from the Irish base and they, they visit a graveyard or a, a cemetery where uh, Punisher tells Daredevil that he isn't a pussy after all. And Daredevil asks him about the, uh, the one batch, two batch penny and dime thing and basically it was his daughter's favourite book. And he, he has like a, a pretty gritty 
good monologue here where basically he's saying that he's he wasn't scared of the war or anything that happened over there. Basically, the only thing that scared him was when he when he was on the way home. Yeah, and he also mentions that he went to surprise his daughter at school when he get home, and he he describes pretty vividly this experience of him being away and coming home and like how tired he felt and how his daughter begged him to read her uh, this book, but he was too tired and he he would read it to her the next night. Uh, he would read it to her tomorrow, but there was there was no tomorrow for her, uh, and this whole scene was. See, watching this again, oh, it was absolutely heartbreaking. Like, the way he describes it and, like, this whole monologue was, like, so well done. Like, probably one of, probably the best monologue in the MCU by by Miles. There haven't been too many monologues right enough, but... They really need, this show really needs uh, to be considered for an Emmy this year. I mean, if the the Nafrio should have gotten it for Kingpin last year. I still yep. believe that. Yep. But, um, man, uh, between this episode and last episode, and we're, and we're not even talking the fight choreography, which is, you know, spectacular as well, but I just, mm. just the, this monologue with, from Frank and the dialogue between Frank and Matt last episode. Mm. I mean, this is just incredible television. Yep. So, you know, it really needs needs to be recognized. You know, if it doesn't win, at least nominate it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, I think these shows get kind of forgotten about because of the way they release them. But I mean, if this is on like if this was on primetime TV, like what whatever channel it would be on over there, AMC or ABC or or whatever it would be, like surely like it would be. I mean, these industries need to recognize these Daredevil, like uh, these Netflix shows and whatnot. I'm sure. Um, was it House of Cards? It's been it's won awards, has it not? Yeah. So I mean it. It's I, see, I don't think uh, the bias is against that it's a Netflix show per se. Mm. I think it's that it's a comic book show. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's a it superhero. Is, yeah. it, you know, it's like Star Wars has never Star Wars. Uh, I don't. I think we've. I think we had this either this argument here or on B Team. You know, name a sci, uh, an actual science fiction movie that has won Best Picture. I don't think there has been one, has there? Did Avatar win for Best Picture? Mm, I don't. Maybe. I mean, and Avatar sucked. I mean, Ava, I, mean <laughs> I, I, no. Uh, it, I mean, it was all right, but it wasn't. It wasn't anything spectacular. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the effects were cool, and it brought into it brought in vogue. Uh, 3D movies again because it was so well done. But I mean, as a actual movie, it's it's not that great. But uh, Daredevil and and Jessica Jones were trying to we're trying to convince my uncle this weekend, saying you really need to see. You know, he he. He is a form. He's the guy who got me into comic books. All right. 
Okay. Back in 1974, 76, somewhere mm-hmm. around there, okay? He has <laughs> Amazing Fantasy 15, Spider-Man number one, Fantastic Four number one, Avenger. He, you know, he was the guy who got me into comic books, and uh, he hasn't seen any of the Marvel television shows. Part of it is because, you know, I guess my aunt control, controls the remote. And we were trying okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, if he's not 70, he's close to 70. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're saying, you know, my, my wife was there telling him, try, you know, try, you know, Daredevil is fantastic. Uh, and, you know, suggested that they try Jessica Jones because that's more of a character piece. Mm-hmm. And yep. it, as I always describe it, it's the superhero show for people who don't like superhero shows. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. So, um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I just, yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of times I'll be screwing around on my tablet uh, while watching these. That's why I watch them twice. Um, but both times I had to put the tablet down for... Uh, for Frank's speech. Yeah, and I mean, like, when I watched this the first time, I was like, oh, that's like, it's like a gut punch when when mm. you're hearing him, like, talking about this, and you can understand, like, it totally gets you to understand his motivation and, like, why he's like this now, and when... Uh, it, he doesn't quite go into, like, full detail about what happened to, to his kid, but, like, he does explain that she died in his arms and, like, her... Like basically, our brain was seeping out. Um, yeah, I mean, that, he, uh, gonna, he refers to it like you know, she was meat in his hands. Uh, yeah. You know, there was a hole where her face used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, going through something like that is going to change a person, especially like because of like how like how vividly talks mm-hmm. about. Um, his experience with his daughter before that and whatnot, and mm. yeah, it's just it's pretty heartbreaking. This whole thing, like, I was in tears watching it for the second time, and like I've seen it before. Like, I know, I know, I already knew this, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like this is horrible. <laughs> but yeah, like it's so so well done. Like the acting is just absolutely out of this world. Yeah, like I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Like it doesn't get enough plaudits. Um, everyone, everyone was like going on about like Daredevil season one, how good it was, and the acting and whatnot. But like, this is even a cut above that. Absolutely. I mean, la- last season, the best part was the Kingpin. Matt was meh at best. Foggy, Foggy was uh, was great comic relief. Um, mm-hmm. Karen, Karen became an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but I mean, D'Onofrio carried the show. See, I liked all the the fights and the choreography and yeah, specifically yeah. that hallway fight. But just... no, the fight the fights were the fights were fantastic. The choreography is fantastic and it's been fantastic this season. But this season, uh, there's even. They've stepped everything up that is mm. non-action. Yep. You know, I, did you ever watch that show that I uh, mentioned to you? I think it was called Into the Badlands or Into the Borderlands or something. 
It was the... Uh, no, no. You know, uh, that is one where the story, the acting is pretty meh. But the waifu fights uh, would ma- would make Daredevil drool. I mean, they're that good, but and and that is the highlight of that show. You know, it, it's waifu porn, but um, and, and Daredevil has great fights and great choreography. Last week's uh, stairwell fight, you know, I, I could watch that a million times. Um, mm-hmm. That's right up there with the airport scene in uh, Civil War, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe even better because it is just one guy and, and uh, a bunch of goons, and it's so contained. But mm. um, just ju- just the I, I don't know if it is uh, what's his name John Burrell? yeah John Bernthal Bernthal uh, yeah. if he's just whatever he, if if it's just he's bringing out the best in Matt or, you know, Charlie Cox or it's the writing, but this, these last two episodes, um, while we do have fantastic action scenes, it's the non-action scenes that are uh, driving these shows home. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, the action scenes are like, wow, wow, wow. And then these, like specifically these, Two scenes in it, that rooftop scene, and then this scene in the graveyards. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the bits that make you sit up and take mm-hmm. notice, like which is really weird for like such an action heavy, well, for like such an action centric show, shall we say? Yeah, for for a superhero show. Mm. You know, I, I think it, you know. I don't. I mean, you can be very anti superhero comic book. Show, but I mean, the, these scenes will make you stand, sit up, and take notice. Yep. But yeah, so um, he, he does also make Daredevil cry. I don't know if you if you noticed that. Like, uh, he's a he's a tear running down his cheek at the like at the end of the story. No, I didn't. And see then that, that <laughs> I was like, oh, nearly nearly made me buckle. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, then the the cops then show up. Um, uh, Brett shows up having, I assume, uh, like, I thought it was uh, Daredevil had possibly called him to come there, but... Brett is just the the world's greatest cop, and somehow show, yeah. is always on the scene, no matter what <laughs> happens. Brett will be there. But I, I think it's probably been Daredevil's, like, whilst they've been heading over there, has made, like, an anonymous call to the cops saying to head to the graveyard. But um, yeah, he shows up to take Daredevil and Punisher into custody. Um, however, Daredevil tells Brett to take the Punisher into custody and like basically take the collar for himself. Don't mention like Daredevil as as part of this because the cops need a win essentially to bring back order. And he, he mentions that like uh, vigilantes are done and that sort of thing. Right, which was which is kind of interesting. I mean, like obviously, Daredevil is not going to go away, but he does know that the uh, the people the the normal people of New York need to be able to trust the the cops. So he needs uh, the cops need to have a win here. So it's it makes mm. a lot of sense. 
and and Brett's like, oh yeah, that's a great fucking idea. Let's do that. <laughs> and so because of this, he lets, decides to let the devil go because he does realize that they're obviously on the same side. Right. So Punisher then gets taken away to hospital under armed guards because obviously he is pretty badly injured after being beaten up and whatnot, but and drilled in the foot and everything by uh, Finn and his guys. Yeah, he, he he's not going to be running. Any, I don't think he's going to be running away anytime soon, or running anywhere. <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh, Foggy, Karen, and Matt then have a drink to celebrate at Josie's, and we see some more sparks between Matt and Karen. And Matt asks Karen a bit about her brother and whatnot. Foggy decides that he's uh, going home at the end of the night, and and you get the the classic of. Uh, Man walking in rain using newspaper to uh, cover his head. <laughs> Does not work in real life. Does not work. <laughs> you just end up with a wet newspaper on your head, which is incredibly unpleasant. <laughs> um, but uh, Karen decides that she's going to walk Matt home in the rain. And obviously they get soaked. And we have these weird erotic raindrops. <laughs> <laughs> which is incredibly strange. Yeah, uh, this was this, this was a little <laughs> odd. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, I dig artistic, but yeah, this just didn't. Uh, this one didn't work for me. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like after having that whole like heart wrenching story, and like you're just like after you're just kind of on not on edge after that, but you're just kind of in that kind of. I don't know, down sort of way, and then you've got this like weirdness of the erotic raindrops. It just like doesn't it doesn't quite sit right. But anyway, they have the, these erotic raindrops, which is it's kind of reminiscent of if if you remember the Daredevil movie, the first one. That's what, the by the way, that's the name of my uh, porn background music band. <laughs> erotic raindrops. The erotic dra- raindrops. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> but it's kind of reminiscent of that when you see like uh, I think it's. It's Daredevil and uh, I think it's Electra in in that up on the rooftop. Is it Electra? I'm sure it was. No, yeah, Electra doesn't show up until. No, no, no. In uh, in the movie. Oh, I didn't see the movie. No, well, it's not a great movie no. to be honest. But I was um, told not to. It, I think I was told not to yeah. by you. Yeah. But yeah, Daredevil's like up on the rooftop and it's raining, and he sees like the raindrops dropping on her, and he sees like. Raindrop vision. Okay. It's very weird. <laughs> but yeah, this is kind of referencing that. But yeah, Ed, Ed, Matt and Karen do, do get share a kiss and they decide to go for dinner tomorrow. Um, Matt, which uh, I thought was a bit weird because, like, when she's like, oh yeah, I'll walk you home, you're like, okay, she's going home with him. Booty call. But no. Yeah, but no. And uh, they just decide to go for dinner tomorrow. You're like, okay, cool. Um, Matt goes into his apartment. And cracks open a beer, and he looks really happy. Really happy. He's like, "Yep, I've got, I've got a date with Karen. Cool. Like Punisher's dealt with. I can get back to going to being a lawyer now." But <laughs> he realizes that someone else is in his apartment, and uh, she says, uh, "Hello, Matthew." And this is the this is our introduction to Electra. Yeah, and it's. And he he uses that voice you use when uh, an ex girlfriend shows up on your doorstep. 
You know, uh, it's like the only thing that was missing was the oh fuck, Electra. Yeah. <laughs> that that would have so, made yeah, it like, just perfect. You know, it's like the all of a sudden your ex shows up out of the blue. You're you're finally getting your life back together, and there she is to fuck it up. Yep. <laughs> you're like, oh shit, this is not going to be good. This is not going to end well. But yeah, so Electra is now here. Um. That's the end of, of that episode. Uh, really good episode overall, again. Mm-hmm. Apart from the erotic raindrops. <laughs> the erotic raindrops. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, did, what did you think of this one overall, Chip? Um, besides the erotic raindrops, uh, I thought it was... Uh, I, like, we said, like we said, I mean, it, it's a gut-wrenching uh, episode. You have... You have most of the Punisher's origin. What wasn't revealed was, uh, was it the Irish mob that killed his family, or who was it that killed his family, and why? Hmm. Uh, I believe in the original, I mean, his the 616 universe, they were just uh, innocent bystanders that got caught in a crossfire. Yep. between two gangs so uh you know that wasn't it wasn't explained how his daughter and you know they died but it wasn't explained how so i, I w- i'm going to guess there'll be more details down the road um you know uh it's this show makes you feel which i would say 90 percent of the crap on television just doesn't do and it can make you uh, feel uncomfortable uh, when he's getting a drill put through his foot and mm, you yep. see the meat getting mangled in there to the shotgun to the face where, you know, I mean, you, you, you twitch, you cringe to, oh, man, they better not, they better not hurt the fucking dog. They better not hurt that dog, goddammit. <laughs> um, to... You know, uh, the philosophical debate that Matt, you know, that that is still one of my favorite scenes, I think, in television history. Matt and Punisher discussing uh, vigilantism on the rooftop while uh, Matt uh, twitches like a chipmunk uh, chained to a a brick wall. Um, So... Uh, and then, and I mean, there was just so much in this that you just don't get from normal TV. Hmm. And um, it's a show where, yeah, you, you know, you put down the iPad, you stop multitasking. Um, <laughs> you, uh, and so I thought it was an interesting, quote unquote, end to the story arc. And I kind of like the idea that maybe, and you've seen the whole season, and I'm sure the Punisher will be back at some point this season, but I kind of like that instead of doing a 13-episode story like we did last year, Hmm. we kind of have a smaller story arc of four episodes to start off this season. And while I'm sure there is an overarching uh, storyline, I I, I thought it was a great way to uh, change it up from last year. 
totally agree. It works much better in terms of the pacing. Like it was one of the things, one of the criticisms we had of the show last year. The pacing was very slow, and it took yep. them so long to get everything all established. Much as it was a great first season of a telev- of a of a, like a superhero television show, like this one has got the pacing down so well. Mm-hmm. And I think. Um... Yeah, I, I mean, and that was one of our problems with Jessica Jones, too. Yep. Was that, you know, they kind of dragged it out. Yeah. It was one thing for the whole season, yeah. basically. So, I really dug it. Yep, really good episode. Where do you think it's going from here? Oh, you're, 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 you just want to do this and... to, to, to try yeah. it. Um. Well, obviously, we're going to start dealing with Elektra, and it'll be interesting to see how they portray that character. Because Elektra is just a, has always been an odd character in the Marvel Universe. Yep. I mean, is she a good guy? Is she a bad guy? Uh, you know, uh, and, and she kind of flip-flops, I guess, is the best way. She's an assassin. She's a, you know, she usually works for whoever's, who's ever signing the check, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, mm. So where are they going with that? I honestly don't know, Andy. I really, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I haven't really thought it through to, as to, you know, uh, so now you're going to have the Karen... Uh, Matt Electra triangle. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or uh, in Matt's fancy, a threesome, but uh, yeah. <laughs> which, which is never happening. Um, the you know, I like the Karen character. Um, I like what they've done with her. So obviously in the end, I kind of want to see Matt end up with Karen and, you know, not, not this new bimbo that just flew into town. Um, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know because the way, like we said, they, ra- it's kind of wrapped up a story arc. So you could pretty much go anywhere from here. I would assume See, see, the other problem is, I don't know if we've really met the big bad this season. Is it the Irish mob? I mean, uh, is is there a big bad? Is the Punisher considered the big bad? Um, so I think I think I'm missing a piece or two of the puzzle before I can really say where I think this show is going next. Is, is that fair? Yep, yep, totally agree. Um, there are some holy shit moments to come. I'll say no more. Yeah. So I, I, I think, uh, I, I think I got to Like I said, they did a great four episode story arc. There's, you know, there's things there, but there, there wasn't anything that uh, seemed to be that that w- there. Yeah, there's nothing that really I see t- uh, crossing or uh, crossing over from this episode or this story arc to the next one yet. 
And if it is, hmm. it was so subtle, uh, I didn't notice it. Yep. I, I, I can't see any. Yeah. Things. And, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I'm look, I mean, I've been looking forward to seeing how they portray Electra. So uh, I can't wait to watch the next episode and see where see where this goes. But um, yeah, I uh, I'm I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. So, all right. Uh, did we have? Any, I don't think we've got any tweets. No, no tweets, uh, unfortunately, and I don't think there's any new reviews or anything. No, not that I'm aware of. So, I think we're done. Yeah, we're done. Um, Andy, when when you're not getting a drill to the foot, where can people find you? You can find me putting a drill to Ali's foot every Tuesday on 42 Level 1. Uh, we broadcast live on allgames.com. 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific, 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time. We talk all things movies, TV shows, sometimes comic books, and mostly video games. Um, you can find all our episodes archived on allgames.com as well as Stitcher and iTunes. And you can find me every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, on the B-Team Podcast with my co-host, Fred, Ryan, and Eli, and we talk video games, we talk tech, and we do a little movie TV. This week, this week we kind of talk, I don't know, it, it's just kind of like a Fred therapy session at the beginning, I think is the best way <laughs> to put it. Um, Fred had an incident this week. Okay. And uh, he, he was telling us about it, and I think we kind of came to the conclusion that no, you were the dick, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I yeah, look so, to so uh, you know, it was just one of those things. It's like, no, I think you were wrong this time, dude. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's a good time and we have a good, we, we, we have a blast doing the show. Uh, all right. So, so we still haven't had, nobody's given us a good, uh, outro yet. So, and, and I really hate to make mine Marvel one. I thought it was lame last year and I think it's lame this year. Uh, so I'm not going to do it. We'll see you guys next week. Night. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I mean, I, I do it. Do I just go with don't touch Lola? What, what are we doing? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. Hmm? One batch, two batch, penny, and a dime. Night, guys. <laughs>